Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua. From caring for our children to our seniors, from helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets, from learning the skills to get your GED, to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. Well, good Monday morning and welcome to the United Way Community Connections show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here each and every Monday morning on w- WSMN 1590 AM. We're on at 9 AM and each week we interview at least two different nonprofits from the community. These are organizations that are working day in and day out to make our community a stronger, safer, smarter, healthier, and happier place to live and work. So um, in just a little bit, we'll be getting to some of those interviews. We've got three really great great ones lined up today. We've got our friends from the Partnership for Successful Living and Harbor Homes that want to talk about a new event that they have coming up um, in just uh, about a week. We have our friends from the Nashua Community College that are going to talk with us about some of their English as a Second Language programs at the Community College. And lastly, rounding out the hour, we have St. Joseph's Hospital will be joining us to talk about their Joseph's Closet program where people can um, access things like wheelchairs and rollators and that sort of thing. So we should have a really great show for you today. Pretty excited to uh, bring that to the air. So uh, a couple things, you know, why would you listen into our program? I like to tell people that, uh, you know, sometimes we just want to help our friends and our family and our colleagues, and we come across situations that we just don't know how to help them. And um, a lot of the answers lie in our social services sector. <clears throat> so if you listen each week, over time, you're going to gain um, knowledge about what the hundreds of different nonprofits do in our community and um, how they can uh, help your friends or your family members, your colleagues in situations that might arise. Of course, I do tell people always, you know, don't consider yourself the only expert in the community. I know I certainly don't. Um, I always re- refer people to our 211 program. 211 is a program. It's a statewide organization that's run by United Way out of Manchester and funded by all four United Ways in the state where you can dial the number 211 from any 603 area code and ask about services that are available in your community. All the nonprofits that serve our community are listed in the 211 database and the operators there are trained to help connect you to those resources. Other reasons why people might want to listen in, you know, we have a very generous community, people who like to give back either through their time as volunteers or generously through their wallets um, as donors. And uh, the best place you want to donate your time and money is, of course, the organization that speaks directly to your heart. And this is a place where you can learn about what the organizations are and maybe get connected with them a little bit more deeply than you otherwise would have. 
So it's been a pretty great weekend. I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. I know that I actually had a, a magnificent weekend. Um, my wife and I were just like the Energizer bunnies all over the place this weekend. We Yesterday morning, I'll just give you an idea. Yesterday morning, well, Saturday night, I got inspired and had this idea that we would get up at 4.30 in the morning on Sunday, voluntarily, may I add, to go and watch the sunrise over Rye Harbor. And let me tell you, that was absolutely magnificent. So we did that. I don't know what I'm going to repeat that very soon because even five cups of coffee in, I was still pretty bleary-eyed. But it was magnificent, and uh, we did that. And then we went and we toured the tall ship Eagle, which is the Coast Guard cutter, um, um, out at Portsmouth Harbor. And they're leaving today as part of that Sail Portsmouth program, which was great. And then I went and swam in the river. And I don't know what possessed me, but we were just all over the place. So it was really a great weekend. I hope everybody else had a fantastic weekend. I know here in Nashua, yesterday we had the... Uh, the uh, Hispanic, the Latino American Festival um, over at St. Aloysius Church, and it was uh, fantastic, really great attendance, beautiful day for it. Um, always one of those events where you can go and listen to some great music, meet some of your neighbors, and eat fabulous food. Of course, for me, it's always about that latter item, eating of fabulous food. So a pretty great weekend. I hope yours was as well. A couple things going on right now at United Way. <coughs> Excuse me, I wanted to mention... You know, uh, we're super busy right now, and last week uh, was no exception. Uh, we were lucky on Wednesday, and just a big shout-out to our friends at the Conway Foundation. And of course, everybody here knows in Nashville about the Conway Arena, but they also have a foundation, which is a charitable giving foundation. A friend of mine, Charlie Hall, is on that board, and they were super generous giving out their annual grants last weekend. A lot of different nonprofits locally benefited. We did as well. Um, thank you to the Conway Foundation. We received a grant for $2,000 to help support our community baby shower next year. That's a program we've been running for a couple of years now to help low-income new moms and dads. So thank you very much for that support. We really appreciate that. Um, I mentioned Latino Festival. This week, a couple things going on. Um, first of all, um, we're swinging into our campaign season, which is the workplace campaign at United Way where employees give through their payroll if they so choose, uh, meeting with a group of volunteers this evening to help learn about that. It's our needs assessment process going on right now. So um, tomorrow's National Night Out, and my colleague Liz will be over at um, Hudson in Hudson at the Rogers Library um, for National Night Out to take information from the community about what they see as needs. And, uh, you know, this is a data-driven process, and we have a lot of information about what local sources of data tell us the needs in the community are. Sometimes... It takes also real people to say, you know, that resonates with me or that doesn't resonate with me. And so there's a lot of those types of um, you know conversations that we're having right now just to vet those needs and make sure that what we're doing is, in fact, the right thing. So um, instead, instead of going to a whole bunch of new announcements, what I wanted to do is bring onto the air, bring into the conversation a friend of mine, Mark Stokes. Marks is the development director. Um, as a partnership for successful living, the Partnership for Successful Living is an umbrella organization, nonprofit in our community that includes Harbor Homes, Keystone Hall, um, the Southern New Hampshire HIV AIDS Task Force, a couple of others, and um, you know works really tirelessly to help some of our own most at risk. Um, uh, folks in our community. One of those is, of course, homeless veterans, and so they have a a um, 
fundraiser coming up, which I love. I love fundraisers that are unique and different. And Mark has tried really hard to come up with something which is different. And I like that just because it's fun, but it also doesn't necessarily hurt any of the other local nonprofits in, in their fundraising efforts. So, Mark, welcome to our show. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me, Mike. Well, we're glad you're with us. And so I know you have this program coming up um, to support the homeless. It's at the Fisher Cats. Tell us a little bit about it. What is, what are, what's going on there? Yeah, so we were approached, as many uh, folks get approached by the Fisher Cats, to uh, purchase a block of uh, tickets up there. And uh, I said, well, if I'm going to purchase a block of tickets, let's turn it into something that's uh, fun, unique, and family-oriented, and at the same time help out our homeless veterans. So we came up with the concept of home runs for the homeless, and simply put, it's a home run derby contest for softball players. And uh, they can the teams can be... Uh, co-ed or not it doesn't matter we've got two different uh, fences that we'll set up for uh, men and women the teams consist of five players each we're looking for up to 10 teams and we still have some room for a team it's a hundred dollars to register a team but for that hundred dollars you're going to get 10 tickets back to the ball game that night which is a hundred and twenty dollar value i was going to say those tickets i thought those tickets run twelve dollars yeah correct hey do you know who the fisher that's this saturday right yeah they're playing erie this saturday erie pennsylvania yeah is that is that a um a competitive game or i know they're always like the sea dogs are kind of their nemesis i think yeah, I'm not sure. I don't follow a lot of that uh, the ball at that level. You yeah, know, I kind of like to live and die with uh, what happens at the major league. And right now, as we all know, we're all dying. Oh, oh, I don't know if I would say we're all dying, well, Mark. So all of us who are Red Sox fans are dying. But I know a couple of people who would say they're not dying at the moment. Yes, I. Everyone has their teams, but uh, I, f- I felt a little comfortable saying that a lot of us might be dying. Well, I happen to be a West Coaster. And- and um, I do watch L.A. and I do watch the Dodgers, and um, I'm not dying. I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually living all right right now. There you go. <laughs> but I do. But I fan. do like the Red Sox a lot, and I have to say, I was raised as an anybody but the Yankees fan by my father, who was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan growing up in the uh, '50s. And so when the when the Dodgers moved out to L.A., of course, his, his fandom moved with them. But anybody who's a Brooklyn Dodgers fan from the 50s will say um, the same thing as a Red Sox fan. Anybody but the Yankees. That's the evil <laughs> empire. We all know that. There's just no two ways about it. That's for sure. So the money that you're raising for homeless uh, home runs for the homeless, how does this benefit the programs of Harbor Homes and who ultimately is the beneficiary? Okay, so... Every year, we have what we call the Ending Homelessness Fund, which is a fund that uh, sets out to raise $200,000 on a yearly basis, annual basis, and that in turn gets us a $1.8 million grant from HUD, which helps house several hundred people uh, locally and across the state, and uh, particularly a lot of veterans. So literally anyone that donates to this fund, it's leveraged uh, 9 to 1. So it's a really, really great way to uh, combat homelessness and get the biggest uh, bang for your dollar when it comes to your donation. So if you purchase a sponsorship or register a team or participate in the home runs for the homeless, the money you're raising goes to the Ending Homelessness Fund, which in turn leverages federal dollars to help end homelessness in our community that's correct that is an easy thing to get your head wrapped around and it sounds like just a fun event as well 
Yeah, uh, it's a first for us, and I, you know, I don't have expectations at this point because I'm I'm waiting to see what the end result's going to be. Uh, I do have uh, an offer for the listeners out there now. I've got 20 tickets that I will give away to uh, the first callers. I'll give two, a maximum of two per caller. They can call my direct line at work, which is 603-816-2766. So that's two tickets available per caller, 20 tickets total. That's fantastic. So they would call. What was the number again, Mark, if they want to enter that contest for those tickets? It's 603-816-2766. And I also have your email on this flyer as well. That's m.stokes, S-T-O-K-E-S, at nhpartnership.org. That's correct. And it's also www.harborhomes.org. Correct. And And it's out there on Eventbrite as well. Absolutely. And anybody who's driving, I always tell people when you're driving, like, you know what, don't text and drive. If you just remember, God, what was that baseball thing for the homeless? And And who was that? And whatever. Just call Mike at United Way, and I'll connect you to Mark. Um, ask for Mike, or ask for the guy. There's only one. one there's only one guy. And there's only one Mike over at United Way. So, um, and I'll connect you to Mark, and we'll get you uh, registered for that contest. And also, more importantly, maybe your company wants to sponsor a team. Excellent. We'd so, love to have them. And um, what do the sponsorship levels cost? Just for people who are listening. Uh, there's a primary sponsorship at twenty five hundred dollars, and then there's uh, smaller sponsorships at a thousand and five hundred dollars. That's fantastic, and that money goes a long way to ending homelessness in our community, Mark. Absolutely. So thank you to you, and thank you to Peter and the whole crew over at the New Hampshire Partnership for Successful Living. We are so appreciative for the work you do to help end homelessness in our community. Well, we appreciate it, and you know, we always have a lot going on over there, and we just completed our golf tournament, which was a huge success. We had a full field, and uh, we have a ribbon cutting coming up for a veteran's home up in Plymouth. I was going to say, up in the Lakes region, right? Yeah, it's up in Plymouth at Boulder Point, and uh, September 6th, we're going to do the ribbon cutting. We already, we have 30 units up there available uh, for housing, and 25 of them have uh, VA uh, uh, supportive housing uh, vouchers with them so they can get uh, discounted housing and also get uh, supportive services through the VA. And uh, we already have 27 people that are lined up for that facility, so it's practically full right now. Fantastic. It's going to be great. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me. The need is there, so definitely thank you for that and send me an announcement about that and i'll uh, let people know about that ribbon cutting on the air as well excellent all right so we're going to take a break now our um show is brought to you by etchstone properties etchstone properties is one of uh greater nashua's premier builders has for many many years been one of our community's premier builders they bring our show to the air each and every week and we're so grateful for that support we will be back after the break with our first uh well our second interview our our first nonprofit interview for the morning and that's with the nashua community college um, we're going to be talking with their English as a Second Language Department about what they're doing over there and how you can uh, get connected to that. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show, and I'm your host, Mike Affelberg.
Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. Well, good Monday morning. You are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show right here on WSMN 1590 AM. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 AM talking with the nonprofits in our community, organizations that are working tirelessly day in and day out to make our community a stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier place to live and work. We're live on Facebook. I want to say um, I see a couple people have joined the conversation and um, liked our feed, which is at the United Way of Greater Nashua page. I see the Nashua Community College. No surprise there since they're going to be up next. I see my friend Lisa Yates from Nashua High School. Well, I should say Nashua High School North this coming season and a big partner of ours. I see Alicia Jean. I see Christina Lee. So welcome to the show. If you guys want to leave a comment or a question, Facebook is the best way to do it. Just go to the United Way of Greater Nashua Facebook page, join the live feed, and you can comment right there. So we are joined now um, by two of our friends from the Nashua Community College, and we're going to talk specifically about English as a second language. Um, Professor Elizabeth Berry is the head of the English Language Department, I believe. Is that correct, Elizabeth? Yep, it's the Department of Multicultural Engagement. Department, wow. See, I'm old, so I just call it like the Foreign Language Department or something. <laughs> so, yes. It does include that as well. Okay, so. excellent. Mm-hmm. So, welcome, Elizabeth. And then we also have Claudia Castagna. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. And, Claudia, your role is you're a teacher over there? I am a professor, and also I work in the office as an assistant. Fabulous. So, we have a lot to talk about today. English as a second language is... Um, an important topic for our community. We have um, a very diverse community, a lot of people um, who, as they say, um, come from away, mm-hmm. um, and in some cases, far, far away, mm-hmm. and in many cases, come with limited or no English proficiency, and we try very hard to um, get people up to speed as fast as we can, because it's really hard to function in a society if you can't communicate. So this is a really important role that you guys play. 
and uh, we appreciate that. So, Elizabeth, why don't we start with you, and maybe we can talk a little bit about your your department, what you guys do, and, um, you know, there's probably a lot of things that people don't know about over there, so... Sure, yes. So um, at Nashua Community College, we have, uh, as we said, the Multicultural Engagement Department. And within our department, we provide English for speakers of other languages. And we have academic courses. And we also have non-credit classes on currently on Saturday morning. Um, and we do that right at our community partner, United Way. I know about that. Yes, and right. that's How many people are in that class? Um, we usually have about uh, 15 to 20 students on Saturday morning, and we run that class three times a year. So it's um, a 30-hour course on Saturday mornings, and uh, we'll do one in the spring, one in the summer, and one in the fall. So we'll be starting up again uh, the last Saturday of September. So if somebody wanted to sign up for that, mm-hmm. would they, how, would, how would they go about doing that? They could come directly to uh, NCC, uh, to our office, which is room 119, and we'll give them a free placement test, and we'll choose the best uh class option for them and we can help get them registered right at that time fantastic so um now that's not just when you think of english as a english for speakers of other languages there are probably a lot of other languages that people come with as their mother tongue if you will correct um that's why we don't say, yeah. we always say English as a second language, which right. was typical yeah. in the past. But people still say ESL. Sure. Um, but it's true. Many, uh, especially people from African countries, um, Arabic speakers, they grow up in a society where they might speak one language at home. They're maybe learning French in school or English in school. Um, and then they might have a dialect that they speak with other family members. India is also uh, traditional for having many dialects. And then also English as an educated language. Um, but still, sometimes when people come, they still need to continue on their journey of English once they get here. That's so funny that you mentioned India. I think um, a lot of us, when we think of India, we think of, we don't realize just exactly how diverse mm-hmm. India is. It's a yes. huge, huge country. I mean, there are, what, a billion plus people Correct. in India. How many different, I mean, I don't, I don't, maybe you know this right off the top yeah. of your head, how many different dialects and languages do you know of that are actually spoken in India. Hundreds. Or literally are, hundreds. There are literally hundreds, yes. Yeah. And they're actually different languages. Where Correct. And, and sometimes people from one area to another cannot understand each other. So having English as a common language, they're better able to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Would you say English is, is is French still the the premier international language, or has it really been taken over by English? Well, the, uh, French is the language of diplomacy everywhere, Mm -hmm. um, and there are definitely still many countries where uh, French is taught in the schools as a a secondary language, but I would say universally English is the language, just because of the, you know, social media and everything, everything is spreading across the globe, and definitely English is... Um, really a prevalent language these days. Absolutely. Now, when I was growing up, there was a movement for, was it Esperanto? Uh Correct, uh, Esperanto, yeah. Is that still around? It is still around. If some people like to learn a new language, they have that great language app called Duolingo. Yeah, sure. I've heard of it. A lot of people sit um, in a waiting room somewhere and open up their Duolingo and try to learn a new language, and Esperanto is actually one of the languages offered there. And I think... um, 
the um, what is it? Rosetta Stone. I think they have Esperanto as well. That's but fantastic. But it was to try to make a universal language. Yeah, Someone it came from said, Switzerland, I think. It yeah. was like where they have Spanish, or the Spanish, they have Italian and mm-hmm. French and German right. all in one place. Yeah. I think they came up with this. Yeah, yeah there's a, I think there's a number. There's yeah. a, You can look at Google it, but anyway, yeah, it's it's not not taught around here, but it's yeah, still, I'm it, sure. it still exists. But anyway, I'm sure. I wanted to get back to um, the English language classes that we're offering at yep. NCC. So we talked about the non-credit, but also we have academic classes. So we have students coming uh, from the high school directly from local high schools, which Claudia can talk a little bit about because she does work at the Nashua North and South High School uh, with the the English language learners there. But we also have folks who just come from other countries who may have had some college in their own country or maybe they've even completed their degree. But when they come here, they find it a challenge to get a job in their own field unless they improve their English skills. So we have uh, students who come and learn English for that purpose. We also have traditional age college students and we have people who are coming back to school who are adult learners who might uh, come back later in life. Perhaps we have a non-native speaker who's been working at a factory job doing quite well as far as being able to sustain their lives but they're not able to move up in their company or feel more confident in society unless they are able to increase their English skills. So they come to the college looking for academic language skills and we have a placement test for that as well through the admissions office um, and online. They can sign up for our AccuPlacer test and we can assess their English skill level and then we can offer them some courses tailored to their specific level. And those courses can be grammar, Mm -hmm. writing, listening, speaking, pronunciation, uh, or they might place high enough to be in an English composition class which has a support workshop now for non-native speakers which is free and associated with the English comp class. That's fantastic. Now all of your courses are, um, you said one of them is free and I imagine some others are as well, but these are also typically like per credit people would pay? Or? Yes, only the workshop that goes with the English composition okay. is free. So that's yeah. an extra two hours attached to the four yeah. hour class that they pay for and so they get uh, support. But uh, the other classes, actually we have something exciting starting this fall. The ESL courses individually were $952, which would be the cost for a four credit class, four credit hours being approximately 60 hours of face-to-face time. But starting in the fall, we've come up with a way to reduce that cost by changing around the credits plus uh, lab hour combination in the classes will now be $824. So we don't hear that much about prices right. going down, but we're excited That's that the prices are going down. And eligible student students who use financial aid are also able to use their financial aid award toward the ESL classes. Although okay. they, they don't count toward graduation, they help the students get uh, access to those courses, which will help them uh, graduate with their degree and hopefully next step into their career that's fantastic and and uh, i appreciate the creativity to bring prices yeah. down like you know you do you're right nobody yes. hears you don't hear about that very often right, deflation yeah. it's I not know, much of a thing right. so yeah. claudia do you mind if we bring claudia into the yes, conversation yes. so claudia you um elizabeth mentioned um some of the work that you do in the high schools and i know that that um, it's very important 
Um, we do have a very diverse student population in Nashua as well. And um, with, I don't know, I've heard 50, 60, 70 different languages mm-hmm. spoken within our school district, which is just a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot. So your work must be really intriguing and interesting and very rewarding. Tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so I am the ELL outreach coordinator for both high schools, North and South. ELL meaning English language learners. Okay, yeah. So I work in both high schools, and my work is to work, I am like the bridge for the students, for the families, and for the teachers and administrators. So I try to encourage the students to continue, when they finish high school, they continue school, maybe four-year school, or if they are not ready, maybe two-year school. And I, if they don't want to go to four years of school, I bring them to Natural Community College um, because I've been with them for four years. So I try to do the transition with them. So I do the financial aid, the admissions, all the process, so they feel comfy. And also we try to meet with the parents because this is a new system for them with the transition. So we, we meet with the partners, we explain about the credits, the financial aid, the grants, the loans. So we try to welcome everybody and and I, for me it's like reward because it's nice to yeah. see the kids there. Absolutely. Do you, now I hear often I've heard you hear conflicting things when you talk with people and of course that's mm-hmm. because you know nobody knows anything anymore mm-hmm. people just like spread rumors left and right yeah. right but um I did, one of the things I've heard a lot is that um the students not so much as the parents the students tend to have um higher language level skills than their parents um and do you come across that a lot where parent where the kids are actually becoming like kind of the translators and whatnot for yes. their parents? Yes, it happens a lot. So we try to provide interpreters at the natural school district. We had interpreters so we don't put that work on the students. Yeah, absolutely. So it seems they, like really unfair. Yeah. <laughs> but outside the high school the the kids are the interpreters for their families. Yeah. Yeah. And when absolutely. when they come to the college we have Claudia who mm-hmm. is bilingual obviously in, in Spanish and English and um, between the two of us, we can work with the Portuguese for Brazilian speakers as well. Yeah. And we can free- frequently also find resources through our connections. So if we have somebody who comes in who are Arabic speakers, they generally can speak French as well. So we can find someone who speaks French yeah. or even Arabic. We have uh, students uh, who are around that we can call in. And mm. we generally do very well um, with helping people feel welcome with their native language at least to get their needs met and then we can always arrange meetings later if parents want to come in and have things explained directly to them not through the through the kids well, through the students. Well, especially if they're like 6 years old. Right. That's yeah. What, yeah. That's, <laughs> right. That's pretty harsh, I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah, usually we usually get we can, we've had uh kids uh, quite young like uh mm-hmm. 10 years old um translating for the yeah. parents but it goes on up from there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys have a sense for how many students we have in the school district that are part of the ELL program? I know, um, and Nashua, I don't know, how how many ELLs? Well, summer school, you just had summer school. I just finished summer school with 107. Of that was middle school and, and high, high school. school yeah. 107, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's lots, a lot of kids. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of kids. That's maybe, I don't know, it's got to be 10% of the student body, yeah. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a little bit higher than that, closer to 20, because not all of them attended uh, summer school, obviously. Yeah, and ours, I would say, you know, ours is... 
um, right around 10% of the population, we have uh, non-native speakers who attend NCC, and um, we offer uh, both day and evening classes to try to meet the needs of the students because a lot of them do work full-time during the day. We have evening classes, as I mentioned, the Saturday classes. Um, you know, which are available as well, and we're actually increasing uh, Friday and Saturday classes starting this fall, so that not just for ESL, but sure. also for other classes, so students can uh, work around their busy lives and still work on, toward their career goals. So that's exciting what's going on as well. Also, I do the workshop, parent engagement workshop with United Way and Boys and Girls Club. They are my um, like partners. And we try to encourage the parents to take classes, not only for the students, but also the parents. They can go to the adult learning center. They can go to NCC and they learn the English. So yes. And mm -hmm. thanks to Claudia's um, parent engagement nights, we have seen an increase in parents coming to mm -hmm. school, particularly for that Saturday morning class and a couple for the academic classes as well. Mm -hmm. So that's been another uh, mm -hmm. way to get the word out and encourage people to take the initiative to increase their own language mm -hmm. skills. That's wonderful. I know. Yeah. I always know when uh, my colleague Liz has gone to one of the parent engagement events because she comes back with a big, huge smile on her face, <laughs> and she absolutely nice. seems yeah. to love it. It's oh, really, yeah. really yeah. 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 Another thing that we have at the college that's open to the community is called International Cafe. Mm -hmm. It's something that we've been doing for coming up on 15 years now. Wow. And, uh, really? That long? Yes. Yeah. I've no been kidding. there for 15 years, and it was something Thing that started uh, right we started it right from when I began and so yeah this will be our 15 year anniversary but once a month we have um, an evening where we do some activities and we have some refreshments and it's a way for people to meet people from other cultures as well as practice their English skills but we've seen a lot of um, great uh, friendships and um, you know things happen develop over time over throughout these years people will come back you know year after year even month after month we have some regulars for international cafe and they support each other um, we have folks who want to learn another language so they might want to meet somebody mm -hmm. who speaks that target language someone that they can start a friendship with and do conversation practice and we also have um, you know our own students who come just to have a social event where they can practice their English and continue on their journey of, of learning English. So that is going to be again this Friday, actually, and we welcome anybody from the community to come. The only thing we say is it's not really so appropriate for young children, so we sure. ask high school age or older so that um, folks can concentrate on participating mm -hmm. in the activity. Um, but this Friday at 7 p.m. at Nashville Community College, right through the front doors to the left is room 106. We have sign out, and it's in one of our classrooms. And um, we invite anybody to come. It goes from 7 to 8.30. We have refreshments. We do an activity where people can learn about each other's culture, practice a little English if that's something that they need, and meet people from other cultures. Do you get a lot of the um, foreign exchange students coming to participate in these programs at all? Or? We have au pairs. We have many oh, au pairs Oh, sure. Absolutely. I've known people, several yes. of au pairs from, yes. from some of our friends. Yes. Had them. Right. Yeah. So um, there's a, a, 
Germans. Uh, uh, quite a large contingent of nannies, uh, yeah. au pair. They're yeah. called au pairs mostly here. They're, we work with several agencies at National mm-hmm. Community College, and those directors contact me and refer new incoming au pairs, and they come and join both the academic Saturday classes, but they love to come participate in International Cafe as well. Fantastic. Elizabeth and Claudia, we're about out of time. What would be the, where would somebody go to get more information or just to, you know, find out how to get connected? Would it just be on your website at the sure. community college yep. or Yep, NashuaCC.edu. And uh, we have under academics, there's a way for them to connect um, under admissions. If they click on those particular links, there's lots of good information there. And also if they search in the search bar, they can search um, International Cafe or Multicultural Engagement. Uh, Lots of information is there. Fantastic. So that's all on the Nashua Community College, Mm -hmm. NashuaCC.edu website. And if if you happen to forget that... um, I'm connected with Meet United Way, and I'll connect you to Elizabeth and Claudia over mm-hmm. at the Community College. Thank you both so much for coming on our show Thank today. You for Thank you. Really appreciate it. It was really great, and and uh, we really do appreciate the work um, that you're doing to make our community just a smarter place to live. Thank yeah. you so much. Absolutely. So we're going to take our next break, and our show is brought to you by Edstone Properties. Edstone is one of our community's premier builders. They've been hosting or sponsoring our show since the very first show. So thank you so much for that. After the break, we'll be back with our next and final um, interview of the day, and that's with St. Joseph's Hospital talking about Joseph's Closet. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show, and I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. Join me, Bob Bardis, every Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. for Books and Crooks, where I bring together local law enforcement and local librarians for a community information hour. We educate the public with one book and one cop at a time. We talk about what's trending and what's happening in Hollis, Hudson, Merrimack, and Nashua. Join me, Bob Bardis, every Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. for Books and Crooks here on WSMN 1590. Edstone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edstone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edstone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edstoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. The Village Network was created for only one reason, to keep those 62 and older in their home as long as possible, ideally for the rest of their life. The Village Network is the answer for children who do not live nearby and worry about their parents being able to remain independently and safely at home. 
The Village Network has a network of trusted providers and volunteers who provide transportation, home repair, home-delivered meals, grocery shopping, and others who are there to help when you need them. We can even find someone to walk your dog. The Village Network does not charge thousands of dollars of upfront costs for services you may never need. With the Village Network, you only pay for services when you need them. Become a member of the Village Network today by calling 603-891-0008. That's 603-891-0008. The Village Network. Become a member today. Well, good Monday morning. You are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show on WSMN 1590 AM. I'm here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 AM talking with you about the nonprofits in our community. Um, this is your host, Mike Affelberg. I wanted to mention a couple of people who have joined us in the conversation on Facebook. We have Juan Marcos. We have Krista Tsakrensis. Juan Marcos, I know, from One Greater Nashua. Krista is, um, works in development over at Marguerite's Place. We have Stephanie Tully from Harbor Homes. Hello to all of you. And then we have a we have Arzian Khan. And Arzian actually posted a comment. Hi, from where you are? I am from Pakistan. I'm guessing that you joined the conversation to listen in to Elizabeth and Claudia talking about English for um, as um, speakers of other languages in our last segment about the community college. Please stay with us, and if you have any other questions, um, join the conversation at United Way of Greater Nashua's Facebook page. Just join the live feed, and you can ask questions right there and then. So I'm joined now in the studio by our next and final um, guest, that is Tara Collins. Taryn, Tara works over at St. Joseph's Hospital, and um, she works for a program that you may or may not have heard of called Joseph's Closet. And Joseph's Closet has been around for quite a while now and is a, is a really unique program that helps people um, to connect to some of those resources that are really difficult to get sometimes, like wheelchairs and uh, rollators and that sort of thing. So, Tara, welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on with us. Thank you so much, Mike. It's an honor to be here. I realize I use the term rollator. Is rollator actually an English term, or is that like... No, that's what we call it. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. good, because I know that like that's what my... We, my <laughs> we have a German-English family, and my mother-in-law um, is German, lives in Germany. She has a walker. I, I mean, I was used to calling it like, oh, it's a walker in English. Yeah. Right, but they called a rollator in German, so I wasn't really sure if actually I was just like throwing in just a random German word here for our <laughs> listeners. Well, we have both. There's there's a regular standard walker that may or may not have wheels on it, and then the rollator uh, has a seat so that the person can take a seat if they get got it. If it has wheels and, and it has brakes, so they yeah. can put on the brakes and take. That's a seat. what my mother had. My mother passed away recently, but that's yeah. what she had. Was um, yeah, she had the brakes, she had the seat, she had the wheels in the front. It was a really awesome thing. Like the Cadillac of walkers. It was like super <laughs> awesome. I'm like, uh, when I need a walker, that's what I'm going to yes. get. And but they're in high demand. We, they are. As soon as they come in, they go back out. And they're not a, and they're not inexpensive. So that's yeah, where not. your program really comes in. And they last forever. Yeah, they, they're really durable. Really durable. I mean, people take these on walks, and we see people who've had them for, you know, five, ten years, and it still looks fantastic. And it served 
its purpose and allowed them to have that independence that they would like and yeah they're they're very very handy yeah i would say my mother-in-law has put many kilometers on her on hers at this point (laughs) i do think they should come with that actually they should come with like a speedometer on them so we can yeah yeah. well not necessarily a speedometer (laughs) because i really don't want to know how fast she's going that's true you're right but what is that called an odometer an odometer not a speedometer yeah i'm getting my 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 dometers mixed up here well i'm guessing sometimes (laughs) she goes pretty fast too so maybe a speedometer also so tell us about joseph's closet i mean the basic premise is pretty straightforward it's these things last forever Mm -hmm. you can donate them for reuse in the community yeah so joseph's closet was started um a couple years ago um about three years ago and it was started as a way to first allow people a place to donate the medical equipment that they no longer needed but that they didn't want to you know send to the dump or um sometimes people would try and sell it and it just wasn't selling so we created a a place where they could bring that and then in turn uh, people could come and get the items that they need. So the majority of these items are not covered by insurance or specifically by Medicare. Um, and if they are, sometimes it's only a portion of them or for some of our individuals, um, they may want, like with, with regular walkers, for instance, they may like to have two of them, one for downstairs and one for upstairs so they're not lugging it with them or one for in the house and one for in the car. So again, they're not having to pull it back and forth. Um, but they can't, afford to purchase two of them or their insurance only covers one and so again they can come to us um everything that we give out is free of charge we never ask for a single penny um so items that come to us we do ask that they are in clean and usable condition of Uh, course we we don't do any repairs we're not a um we are not licensed or certified as a uh, durable medical um repair shop so we don't do any repairs so whatever comes to us we will clean it and then um we give it back out are there any items that you receive? And this is this is I'm thinking of a very different venue, and that's our community baby shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do get a lot of people that want to donate. At least there are two items that we always say we love. We love you for saying you'd like to donate this, but we can't accept it. And one is um, cribs, mm-hmm. and the other is car seats. And both of those are because of federal regulations around safety. Right. So, um, are there any items like that that you don't accept? There. There are, and we actually have a list of the items that we do accept where um, we stick very close to that list. The list is on the hospital's website. Um, it's also, if you call Joseph's Closet, um, there is, it's a, it's a long-winded voicemail, and I apologize to everybody who's ever had to sit through it. <laughs> I always tell people the same thing about my voicemail, absolutely. But it does have all the information. So if you call and you're not able to get through to a person because perhaps they're helping somebody or perhaps it's our off hours, at least you're able to get all of the information there on the voicemail. So, um, so there is a list. Things that we don't accept are um, items such as... Um, formula type of feedings, catheters, um, things that really require a lot of medical um, intervention to be used. Uh, We don't get a big need for those. We don't take things like braces, knee braces, um, uh, leg braces, things like that. Again, that's usually something that if somebody needs it, um, they're able to get it through their insurance. And usually those are more customized to the person and then there's also a hygienic aspect to it if somebody's yeah, been wearing a brace for six weeks and, and yeah you know it's, yeah that's it's gross hygienic, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you probably can't say that because <laughs> nope. it's not politically correct i'll say i'll <laughs> be say it. it's gross yeah exactly but um, i but i will say the exact i'm just looking right now at your accepted items donation yeah. list so wheelchairs 
uh, walkers with wheels, three-in-one commodes. Um, trying to think, my mother's had my mother had all of these, right? Mm-hmm. Raised toilet seat with arms, yes. Shower chairs, rollators that we just talked about. Knee walkers, slide transportation transfer boards, bed rails, leg lifters. Versa, what is a versa frame? So a versa frame is. Um, Similar to a raised toilet seat, but it doesn't go on the actual toilet. It's a frame that goes around the back of the toilet, and it's bolted in down by where the bolts of the the um, toilet are, and it provides arm arm support, so the person okay. can push themselves up. So it doesn't raise the toilet seat at all, um, and it doesn't sit over the toilet seat. It's more of a permanent fixture. Yeah. So if somebody um, is going to need that assistance getting up um, off of the toilet by themselves, it's it's a really good fit for them because it will fit over pretty much every standard toilet. It doesn't take up a lot of room, but it's more permanent. Yep. Other things: canes, gate belts, sock aids, and reachers and grabbers and um sock aids and reachers and grabbers are also super important you don't yes. think about that nope. um can my mom i mean she used her she actually used her reacher and grabber as a sock aid so i'm not yes. sure if that's nope. the right way to do that a lot not, of people but, will do that and it is one yeah. of those items that you just it's almost you don't know how important it is until you need it yeah absolutely yeah. yep absolutely so one of the things you won't see on that list and it surprises people quite often is we do not accept crutches um, sure. And while that's a normal standard durable medical need, um, when we moved from our old location, which um, did allow us to take a lot of things that we didn't need or that never went out, we had almost 300 pairs of crutches when we moved. It's not an item that people, I think in the past year, I know twice of times that um, the crutches were were requested. Usually crutches are needed for an emergent um, issue somebody falls in breaks a bone sprains something they yeah. need the crutches right then and they're usually they're getting them at the emergency room the urgent care or from their doctor's office and they're kind of or, per, they're kind of by prescription I mean, it's a specific length typically right no, um no nowadays they, they usually are a range it usually goes from five feet to five foot nine or five foot okay. nine to six foot five but you can buy them over the counter but they just usually what's happening is people will bring them to us but we never get them requested again. So sure, because you, with, yeah, when you need you know, them, you need them, and yep. you're going to get them right there and then. Absolutely. Yes. So, so that's really not that related is, to and um, maybe an age-related issue. It's right. related to an emergency or a Correct. fall, a fall yeah. that kind of so, thing. So yeah, so that's more the issue is that we get a lot sure. of them, but we never give them back out. So we we unfortunately had to stop accepting them. That absolutely so. makes a ton of sense when yeah. I hear you describe it that way. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just going to say. So I just found this pretty easily. If you're looking for information about uh, Joseph closet just go to the st joseph hospital website st joseph front slash well then you look on the tab at the, the bar at the top you'll find a tab for community health which actually is a tab i go to a lot because you also have your community health <laughs> education information there yes and right there under that tab is um joseph's closet that you can click on and learn more Mm -hmm. yep absolutely and if you're interested in uh giving back to your community you think it sounds like a great program and you're interested in volunteering uh, we are always looking for volunteers um right now the closet is open tuesdays wednesdays and thursdays from 10 a.m to 2 p.m um that's actually an expansion in hours uh since last time i visited um we've added thursdays so So tuesday wednesday and thursday Tuesday, wednesday thursday 10 a.m to 2 p.m um as we build more volunteers right 
now we have seven amazing volunteers. I hope some of them are listening. I, this program would not <laughs> run without them. Um, I love them more than I can say. They are amazing individuals. you got to hold on to your volunteers. Keep them oh, tight because great the, volunteers are awesome. It, they really are, and they're the reason that this program um, yep. is sustainable and happens. Um, and it's a great group. So if you're interested in getting out there, you're yeah. interested in giving back, um, there's also information on the hospital website about volunteering. Or you can also call me directly. Um, my number is 603-598-3306. You can call the hospital and ask for me. Um, there's a lot of ways to find me, but uh, we would love I to love, have I love that when you in. call St. Joseph's Hospital, you don't even need to press a button. You just call the main number, and you wait till it gets through its shtick, and you mm-hmm. say, do you want to talk to somebody? You would probably say, Tara Collins. Yeah. And it'll like connect you. <laughs> 100%. I always call my friend you. Sheila there. Yes. But the thing about that is Sheila's last name is Karen, but it doesn't recognize that. So I have to always have to remember to say, Sheila Caron. Yes. And I'm usually doing it in my car. My car takes like five times to recognize I'm it. I'm get in trouble for breaking this, but did you know that Sheila retired? I do know that. Okay, just making sure. I do. I do no, <laughs> She's I, staying per diem with I, us, I, I do know that. Yeah. Sheila, Sheila and I had, had, did have a conversation about that. I do know that. And I have a hard time imagining her like just drifting off. Sheila's not yeah. that person. Nope, so. she stayed on per diem. And, um, yeah, I'm still in denial, so it's okay. But yeah. we, d- we have an amazing group at the hospital. Um, the volunteer program at the hospital, they're so good to the volunteers. Um, I know our closet group, we, we try and meet every couple months just to all get together. Uh, and the volunteer program at the hospital, they're always having events for them. They have a yearly thank you luncheon, all that good stuff. So if you're interested in um, becoming a part, getting more involved in your community, giving back, um, feel free to give us a call as we get more volunteers. We'll expand those hours. Um, and then also, if yep. you're in need, you come see us. You should put that on Volunteer Greater Nashville. I don't know if you've already done that. I don't know if we have. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, if you c- follow up with me or with Sarah over at United Way, we can get you yeah. connected because we are having just tremendous luck getting people to uh, volunteer Fantastic. through that portal. Okay, absolutely. I'll follow up with you after Yeah, this. definitely. Yeah. So any other um, news about Joseph's Closet, things that people should know about? You don't require appointments, it's just walk in? You do not require appointments, so that's a great thing. You can just walk in anytime between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. You can look around at what we have. Quite often we have somebody come in and let's say they're just coming in for a walker and then they realize that we have, um, you know, right now we have a, an, an overstock. The hospital donated to a, a, them to us, but they're those non-skid socks. So of course love they those. are. Absolutely, you, know, you bet those. they do. But they'll come in and go. I didn't know you had these, or I didn't know you had the yeah. reachers and grabbers. And you might find some other things that you didn't know we had yep. that you need. So you're welcome to take whatever. There's a um, a release form, and they sign the release form. They're able to take those items with them. We do ask that you return the items to us when you're done, but we don't track those. Right. We don't. We don't have the capacity to do that right now. So if it's something that you need to keep long term. Great. If that's what it helps you with, wonderful. It's yours. Um, Like I said, we never charge. You can call the closet during the open hours, 10 to 2. If the volunteer is not with someone else, they will answer the phone and they'll try and and, um, answer your questions. We can't hold items. Um, It it just doesn't work that way. It's never worked for us in the past. We've tried it before and and unfortunately either somebody doesn't show up for it and that means someone else loses out or, or... something similar so it is first come first serve um quick question let's say mm-hmm. somebody's parents pass away and they find themselves inheriting a number of these items and they're in good condition yes and they donate these does do those donations can that be counted as a charitable con- absolutely. donation absolutely and we have um 
we actually have a receipt we can give you at the time that you donate um, that's uh, tax deductible. So absolutely. Fantastic. Tara, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today about Joseph's Closet. Thank you, Mike. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Joseph's Closet is over at St. Joseph Hospital. Just find more information on their website, stjosephhospital.com, or give me a call at United Way and I can connect you to Tara. Um, that about wraps up our show for this week. Next week, we, we, we will be back Monday morning at 9 a.m. for another great show. We have a num- number of um, interviews we'll be doing. Again, the community college next week talking about their admissions program and their admissions department. Habitat for Humanity talking about some of their projects that they have going on. And our friends from Home Health and Hospice Care will be here as well. Next up is Suzanne Koperniak with the Village Network. Until next week. Please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united.